happy What's holidays. What's up, you from... beautiful Christmas oh. gamers? Oh, We're back oh, at oh. again with our holiday special, twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seasons greetings from the Pink Isle. I I was gonna go in for a more like subdued, like relax, sit by the fire, uh, type of holiday performance, but I guess. <laughs> This is the vibe we got. Look, okay, <laughs> this is, we're filming this in, like, June. This is going to be December 2020, so the world <laughs> might be, like, we might have been sucked into the black hole at this point, so I'm just trying to, to go with the mood, so. I, I guess, as you guys might have known, uh, we spent a little bit of time skipping through some of the previous Barbie movies because we wanted to save today's film Barbie, a perfect Christmas for you today. You know, the the holiday seasons can be a tough time for people. So I don't have much of a thing to sell you, but uh, buy Barbie products point, to fill the void no, no. in your soul. Well, all I gotta say is you just it's gotta. It's the only way you can make your children love you. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it can be a tough time for families, so be sure to drink plenty of water, get outside, maybe take a nice look outside to whatever winter surroundings you find yourself in. And, the black uh, hole looks lovely tonight. Yeah, sure. And maybe pop in a Barbie movie or two, if that's the vibe you want. So this is technically the third and last Barbie Christmas special, because if you want to count the Nutcracker movie as a Christmas movie. Most people do, yeah. Yeah, did we discuss last time your opinion on uh, holiday films, Henry? I don't think so. Here's what I'll say. Like, my family growing up as the white middle-class Catholic Christian family, we watched the usual staples, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas... My family has seen Elf a ridiculous number of times. How dare you disrespect Will Ferrell's Elf in this house? No, 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 no. We have a great respect for Will Ferrell and Elf. It's just that literally, Emma, there was one year where we watched that movie six times in the span of two weeks. That is a bit excessive, I must admit. Yeah, exactly. So y you can imagine the burnout some of us have experienced with that movie. But at least with other uh, specials that we enjoyed, uh, some deep cuts for you, listener. Uh, obviously, they're the Rankin and Bass movies, but let's be real. Those movies are weird as fuck. Like, those movies are weird as fuck. Those movies, it's a. Uh... It's, it's off-putting. Literally, the only good one is A Year Without a Santa Claus. That's my hot take for the holidays, so... Oh, yeah, that one's good. At me, I that guess. That one and the Santa Claus is coming to town, like that epic Santa origin story. Probably because those ones are the most comprehensive to watch. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like you could watch those two and then be okay with not seeing any of the other ones. Yeah. Uh... But the other ones, uh, we I, I said Charlie Brown Christmas, but the other two big ones is there was a like 22 minute VHS Charlie Brown semi sequel that was released. It's called It's Christmas Again, and it has all these different little short vignettes centered around the holidays with the regular Peanuts cast, and they're really enjoyable. Like 
And it actually has a lot of really, really funny moments. I contend that this is probably one of the more funny Peanuts products out there. I don't know. And then the other big hearty recommendation is the Muppet Family Christmas, which, Emma, you might know as the special Jim Henson company uh, crossover between the Muppets, Sesame Street, Fraggle Rock, uh, a little bit of Muppet Babies in there. They should have put uh, Dark Crystal in there as well. Really bring it all together. (laughs) I mean, it was post-Dark Crystal and Labyrinth. It was actually notable for being one of the last movies that Jim Henson appeared in when he was alive. Skeksis with the Santa Claus hat. I think that would be very delightful. Does anyone remember uh, all of the other reindeer on Cartoon Network? Oh, I remember all of the other reindeer. That, that movie's kind of underrated, that, actually. It's You know what? It is. Some of the musical numbers are a bit, like, I don't you know. You don't like the it's also Angry stri- Mailman musical number? <sighs> I was thinking more about the time when they went into that bar and talking about how, like, ah, oh, we didn't like you first, but now we're friends. And it was just like, well, Yeah, Olive oh. gets into a bar brawl, I remember. Yeah. I remember that movie always I mean, felt like it was like the holiday special to like a TV show that never existed. <laughs> like, well, it was based off of a children's book that written by Matt Groening. Yep. So that's a thing. How does this but fit anyway, into the extended uh, Simpsons Futurama slash Disenchanted canon? I, I'm a, I don't. I don't give a <laughs> shit. I don't give a shit about Where in the timeline does all of the other reindeer fit in? Because it's got to be in an alternate universe because, like, you know, people aren't yellow, but it's, like, not the future. So is it in, like, Futurama-like world? Like a prequel? It's got, you know, I bet it all ties together. This is the... So, today's movie, Barbie A Perfect Christmas. So I feel like by the end of this, we're going to talk about our little rankings of Christmas specials, at least with these Barbie Christmas specials. Uh, Though, before we get to that, Emma, do you have any other recommendations for Christmas specials for our listeners? Uh, I don't know. My taste is bad. I loved the Jim Carrey Grinch movie growing up, so... Oh. You. (laughs) You helped perpetuate that monstrosity. Help perpetuate? I was a child that liked a funny Christmas movie, okay? You'll be exempted on a technicality then. I mean, you don't love how they gave the Grinch a love interest and he falls into her boobies in that (laughs) fun, great wacky children's fun. I just think of how of that one outtake where Jim Carrey just ripped off one of the nose prosthetics given to the Who's with his no- with his mouth. Oh yeah. Also, he apparently like psychologically tortured the makeup artist or something. <laughs> no, no. He had to get coaching from a torture expert in order to withstand the process of getting into makeup. Although I suspect that the makeup artists were not having a great fun time with him either. Oh, yeah. 
Look, okay, at least that movie is better than the Benedict Cumberbatch Illumination Grinch movie. You know what? I will give you that, even though that is like saying it kicked me in the butt. At least they didn't kick me in the balls. Yeah, I I watched that movie and like talk about like taking something that was already pretty simple and just making it as generic and bland and inoffensive as possible. Like that's illumination. Like they're like the Grinch isn't even a jerk in that movie. He's just no. like he's just has social anxiety. Like, he's not even a bad guy. No, he isn't. All he does, like, ugh. Illumination, all, I swear, all they like to do is make elaborate, like, scenes of their angsty protagonist just inconveniencing random people. That's the ethos of Despicable Me. They did that with some scenes in the Lorax, and they fucking did it in Sing, and they did it in this, just that just so that they could have moments in the trailer where, oh, the Grinch had a pickle and then he spits it into a woman's purse. That's great. I thank you. Thank God. Ooh. Anyway, Barbie, a perfect Christmas. Yes. So uh. this is going to be an interesting change of pace from us because we're going back uh, all the way to that innocent time of 2011. And this is actually the first of the Barbie and her sisters movies. Like this is the first time we really see uh, Skipper, Stacy and Chelsea in a meaningful capacity. This is the epic origin story. Sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. Of the story, which apparently all new Barbie movies are now in the con in the continuity of from what we've seen. So yeah, a bit wild how this franchise developed. But. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the characters in these movies, they do treat them like they're separate, even though it's like, I don't know, it maybe the Barbie and her sisters thinks is a light reboot of the, uh, but yeah, anyway. The it's thing best that, not to think too much about it. You Just say that, that is, Emma, that has become basically your catchphrase on the show, <laughs> where... I will analyze something and you'll be like, it's best not to think about it, which just an observation. Wow, <laughs> anyway. Called out right here. I'm so, no, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it to sound like You a know, judgmental. someone's gotta be the Mattel shill on this <laughs> on this podcast. Oh no, no. I'm, I'm oh, anyway. So this is gonna be interesting return to form because We'll be dealing with older animation, but also we'll be dealing with older writers. But returning as old voice actress is Diana Karina voicing Barbie. This was in that period where she was also voicing the, oh God, Fairytopia. Uh, Mariposa. Thank you. Uh, Diana Karina, she also voiced Barbie in A Fashion Fairy Tale and A Fairy Secret, but didn't voice her for Princess Charm School and instead voiced Blair. So that's an interesting observation, I guess. Other big returning member, Elise Allen as the writer. Elise, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Or it feels uh, like it's been a long time. It's probably actually not been that long. <laughs> uh, I mean, Elise Allen would leave a couple of years after this movie was made, but yeah, it's 
it's neat to see her back. So an observation that I have about watching these Barbie movies is that you do see like specific motifs and themes emerge with certain writers. And I feel like Elise Allen's writing has been the most easy to identify because hers is usually focused on like the whole be yourself type of thesis. That might be projecting a lot of auteur theory crap, but that's at least from what I've been able to see. But the other big notable get for this movie as director is Mark Baldo. Mark Baldo is a veteran of the animation industry and notably got to start working on the Bionicle movies. Does anyone remember, like, there was, like, a commercial for, like, Bionicles, but it had, like, a band, like, playing the song. And yes. Are <laughs> you gonna keep the... it strong? Move oh, God. I gotta oh, look God, up. God, you actually remember the song. I, I do. I just remember the visuals, and I was like, is this, like, are these... Is this band a part of the Bionicle universe? Do they just got some like like just a band hanging around? Yeah, they str they straight up got a song from the All American Rejects. Oh my god, that's who that is. Yeah, their their hit single "Move Along" and they just that was used for Bionicle to market this oh movie. God. Yeah, and most of his other credits actually have to do with lego products which is interesting because they're a direct competitor to mattel like he worked on the lego atlantis tv short the lego hero factory a man has fallen into the river in lego city now you can build the rescue boat. lego atlantis is it was weird it's one of those minifigure type stories but they also tried to make it like a serious action movie i don't know it was strange but most notably he is slated for Rock Dog 2. They're making a second one? They're making a sequel to 2016's hit, Luke Wilson starring Rock Dog, baby. I, this has got to be because of the furries, right? Who else would have seen Rock Dog? <laughs> <laughs> Hard to say. He is literally the only person credited for this movie right now so we can assume that maybe they'll get maybe they'll get luke wilson back at this point it's like oh what else is luke wilson gonna do maybe they can snag uh sam elliott and lewis black again i don't know i wonder how I luke wilson feels being the less famous wilson yeah He's starring in the upcoming Wes Anderson movies, I'm assuming, so uh, yeah. he's fine, I guess. That makes sense. He does have a very symmetrical face, so yeah. he'd fit in with the Wes Anderson. I mean, also, Owen Wilson is in a bunch of, like, you know that the Wilsons got their start with Wes Anderson, right? I don't know. I don't watch any Wes Anderson movies. <laughs> Fair enough. So there's not much else, I guess, to say now. Time to get your cup of cocoa or eggnog, depending on your persuasion, and nestle up by the Christmas fire and join us as we see if Barbie can get her perfect Christmas. From the all-new musical Barbie, A Perfect Christmas, Barbie and her sisters really sing together in harmony. It's a season to be jolly, 
each one sings in her own voice. Singing together is what makes Christmas perfect. Barbie, a perfect Christmas gift set. DVDs sold separately. Barbie, a perfect Christmas DVD coming soon. Ho, ho, ho. We're and back, everyone. jingle, jangle, Christmas shoes. Uh, oh, boy. Yeah, we watched Barbie, a perfect Christmas. It's Christmas. It was. Mary Chrysler. Uh, yeah. It was a... Uh, very, very unremarkable. Yeah, I gotta say, it's unfortunate, but I mean, it's not a crazy amount of competition, uh, but this is definitely the third best of the Barbie Christmas movies. Yeah, definitely in the lower tier. <laughs> yeah, although I gotta say, uh, in terms of the other Barbie Christmas movies, like, there is a, a a little bit of stiff competition. I mean, we have our problems with Nutcracker, but it's a very well remembered movie in this series. Like a lot of people have nostalgia for that one. It's and, the OG. Yeah, and Barbie Christmas Carol is amongst like the better ones that we've watched. So I thought that one was pretty pretty decently good. Exactly. So like this this movie's already got a tough act to follow, but. I honestly don't know what I was expecting with this movie, but I will say it is, uh, kind of bland. This movie is, like, very, very C-tier to me, you know? Like, very inoffensive, but not very spectacular in any way. I mean... Like, and mostly just kind of boring, because the conflict is just kind of... Any kind of conflict that introduces you, it's kind of immediately solved. Yeah. So the movie just feels like it's just like moving along. Yeah. You know? You know what? This movie is like one of those fancy schmancy Instagram influencer hot cocos. It's it's bright, it's colorful, it's got a lot of fluff in it. It's probably a little bit too sweet for most people's taste and I mean, it it goes down easy, but it's not memorable. Like, listener, if you've seen a standard Christmas episode of a sitcom, this is similar to that. You know, this isn't even, even the Instagram co uh, hot c cocoa. It's like the hot chocolate you get when you, like, go to, like, the Christmas light show and they have yeah. that, like, free hot chocolate and it's just, like, water and cocoa and sugar. With, like, it's yeah. Like, it's it, And by the time you get it, it's more, like, room temperature. Yeah. Like, well, know. no, 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 no. It starts off scalding hot, burns your, like, entire lungs out, but two minutes later, then it's ice cold. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually also apt because this movie just starts off just smacking you in the face with a very jarring and uncomfortable feeling. Yeah, so this is the first in the Barbie and her Chris Barbie and her sisters or at least we thought until this movie confirms that the series happens to be in the same continuity as Fashion Fairy Tale yep, and because Fairy Secret? Yes, because Aunt Millicent is here and 
So, and they even mentioned like putting on the fashion show and Barbie being in movies yes. and stuff like that. So it's like Which means Barbie already has knowledge of magic. Of magic. Which I guess that would explain why in later movies in the series she's never really that surprised when some random magic shit happens. So Yeah. And I gotta say, like, in hindsight, it's probably good that we waited to watch this movie because when thinking about the future Barbie and her sisters movies that we watched, like, those movies were definitely an upgrade in terms of their characterizations and all that stuff. Like, something that I think we consistently praised in those movies is that, like, these sisters have a believable dynamic, and that's sort of here, too, but it's... It is kind of weird to see, like, beta versions of these characters. Yeah. Because they still got a lot of, like, the same kind of personality traits we come to expect from the later movies. Yeah, I mean, it's the same stuff, like, Skipper is, like, all into her technology, she be on her phone, uh, then... Stacy is like more independent and athletic sort of and then uh Chelsea is is the one that always receives character development somehow. Chelsea is the one who always fucks everything up. <laughs> kind of yeah. Which is strange cuz like well I mean in the great puppy chase like the first of the puppy movies like Stacy is more of a causer of problems in that one because she's so dead set on getting the treasure. And because of that, she starts arguing. So you could argue that she's the one that ends up developing more, but... Honestly, I do not remember much about the great puppy chase. I mean, we've been both trapped in this pink void for a while now so uh, i think also it's very it's very jarring to go to this movie after getting used to the more kind of refined more fluid kind of cartoony animation of the more recent films yeah because then you go back and it's like oh yeah these facial animations everyone's kind real stiff looking real plastic it's real stiff like it's clear that they're still using they haven't fully nailed down how to like uh hide the fact that they're using motion capture like i do not doubt that like uh rainmaker was using like i i sense that rainmaker was still using motion capture up to even the most recent movies because it's a very good and efficient like method of animation for like some of the stuff that they want to do but i imagine that as time went on it was it became a lot easier for them to like sort of mask some of this stuff and not so in this movie. Like, this was released around the same time as Barbie Princess Charm School. And, I mean, something we praised when oh, we watched... Princess Charm School, simpler times. Mm, I don't know. That movie... I don't know. But at least, like, I, I, I do recall back in that episode, we might have actually praised some of the visuals of Princess Charm School, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I guess just, like, they the, de- the visuals definitely, like, improve as they go on, but I don't know. This one, just from an aesthetic standpoint, and you gotta know something about me, like, I love, like, snowy settings and stuff like that, but... They didn't do a good job one, like, with the yeah, snow here. Yeah, this one here. didn't really impress me that much. Like, it just kind of... Yeah. Like, any... any 
any episode of like a TV show, it's like we're gonna put our characters in coats and have them go to a snowy area. I'm like hell yeah, but uh, this one. I mean, just, yeah. Barbie Magic and Pegasus did a better job even of portraying I know, a wintry that one was setting. Like a wintry setting, and that was fun. Yeah, I, I think one. it's because this, this is, is like kinda, eh. in the real world, quote unquote. It's just like boring fields with trees. Oh yeah, and. Yeah. So so that's part of so the look is the, the one part to the sudden burn that we received upon uh imbibing in this hot cocoa of a movie. The second part of the burn is the song. So this is another musical. Yeah, and none of the other movies in this series are a musical, but this For one good is for reason. Some reason. Also, for some reason, like, the singing voices are, like, not good. <laughs> like, there's some, like, weird, like, pronunciation stuff. Yeah, that sounds, like, really, and like, they do a lot grating. of auto-tune. Like, I don't want to be too harsh on the singing voice actresses here, but I get the sense that because they were playing this to be more, quote-unquote, realistic, is that they probably, like... Are- I just don't know. Maybe like a like a producer's daughter wanted to be in a movie. Like, you know? <laughs> that's that's the mean interpretation. But oh, I I don't know. Like she's someone named uh, Nevada Brand. Her name is Nevada. Yeah, she has a YouTube channel and she seems to like. I mean, yeah, I don't know. She seems to have like at least. Like all of these seem to be professional singers, so I don't know. It it just maybe they were like told to sing in a certain way. Prob- yeah, like, yeah. Felt very like Americanized. Like I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be generous and say that chalk it up to bad direction. That's at least what I'm maybe. gonna do. Oh, I mean, one of the 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 voice. The singing actress for Stacy Danielle Bessler was in Big Time Rush. So, uh, 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 oh. yeah. So, Barbie, Stacy, Skipper, and Chelsea—they're gonna be heading to New York City for their perfect Christmas, including a trip to Broadway with Aunt Millicent. Skipper going to her friend Zoe's concert, where she's gonna vlog. Stacy going ice skating in Rockefeller skating rink. And Chelsea feeding sea lions in the Central Park Zoo. And they sing this perfect Christmas song. Talk about how it's going to be the perfect Christmas. And it's... Yeah. Uh, It's pretty bad. It's it's pretty bad. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to sugarcoat it. But the first song is literally called It's Gonna Be Amazing with the chorus being this will be my perfect Christmas. This will be my perfect Christmas. My perfect Christmas. Yeah, it's... One of those, one of those numbers. Yeah. Very much like an I want type opening number. It's not great. So so they get on the plane and we get... (laughs) Oh, we should mention the clip art uh opening credit scenes where oh yeah they... there's like there's like this cloud sequence and then there's like a clip art plane. yeah they got a ping file of a plane just kind of moving across these backgrounds and 
with the cloud formations looking like Christmas wreaths and trees and and they mentioned that this is a Technicolor picture. Like, and I'm like, who? <laughs> like, I mean, Technicolor are the people primarily. Well, they were primarily responsible for coloring film uh, in that transition, but they also went on to distribute some films later on nowadays. I don't know what's going on there. I get the sense that Technicolor's more of like a brand name than anything else. But yeah, but as they're on the plane, they get sign that, oh no, bad snowstorm's coming. So they got to land in Rochester, Minnesota, which that's a little bit of a deep cut, I guess. Like, I mean, they land into the plot of Fargo. <laughs> Yeah. Barbie. Barbie, why is that wood chipper there? <laughs> Barbie, why is that lady holding a log except Twin Peaks takes place in in uh, Washington, right? I've never actually watched Twin Peaks. Neither or have Barbie, I. For that matter. Neither have I. I only saw the first episode of the Fargo TV show. My brother says it's really good, which I'm I'm prone to believe. This has got a lot of good performances there. I don't know. But already on this plane ride, we already get a glimpse at the conflicts that we're going to be dealing with. Skipper's deal is that she is wanting to do things on her own. Yeah, she's mad because Chelsea keeps copying her. No, no, that, no, no, that's uh, Skipper and Chelsea's conflict. Sorry, sorry. It was Stacy. Yeah, yeah. Stacy's conflict is that Chelsea's copying her as little sisters are tend to do also speaking of skipper she seems like the most different like design wise but the whole thing is she's got like she's like writes music for a band so yeah there's this whole thing about her being like in bands but like that's not something that is ever brought up again in the sequels so and also having a vlog that is world famous apparently these rich folks i tell you yeah, they live in that bougie influencer life. But unfortunately, they can't spend that Christmas in New York and they got they land in Rochester, Minnesota, which actually isn't that. I mean, Rochester is still a pretty big city, but Barbie decides that it's okay. We're just going to drive to New York and it's like, mm. well, originally they were going to drive to Oh yeah, actually, so they, they were going to drive to Minneapolis. To, yeah. Yeah. But it is kind of like, she does seem, so Barbie's whole thing in this movie is that she's like, keeps on like promising that she'll give him the perfect Christmas or that they'll be able to get to New York. Though, if you know any story, teleconventions, like, they're stuck here. They're not Yeah, they, they ain't going nowhere. To, yeah, so she kind of like, she's in, Barbie's in some deep denial at the beginning of this movie about the situation. Little bit, little bit, but as... As they are driving along the road, the GPS gives out, but, and it looks like, oh no, we can't, what are we gonna do? And then they see a sign for the Tenenbaum Inn, and there's a vacancy. Yeah, this movie gets real unsettling real quick. Oh yeah, like, like, listener, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of like, oh, they were dead the whole time. 
fan theories. But Those are they were definitely dead the whole time. I mean, I'm not going to subscribe to that, but they do a lot of visual things that definitely reinforce that because they arrive at this inn in the middle of the night and it's got a Christmas wreath on it, but, and it doesn't seem like anyone's answering the door, even though it's seemingly middle of the night, which makes sense, but the lights are on. So already there's some bad bad vibes there i was half expecting them to open that door and end up in the twin peaks room but yeah but instead they ring the doorbell they go in to, whoa, 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 whoa. into a scene of pure horror yeah really. so but first the door has a little porthole that opens up and you just see the face of this very chipper person saying like Welcome to the Tenenbaum Inn. And it's like, uh, it's the middle of the night, lady. And she's like, we're so happy to have you here. Come join us. And she opens the door and the entire screen is enveloped in this light. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So we're in hell now, right? Like this is hell or some purgatory. It's like it's like an icy hell. Yeah. <laughs> definitely purgatory. Yeah. I mean, it felt like purgatory watching this movie. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Anyway, yuck, yuck. so they open up this door and we're just we joked while we were watching this that, oh, God, this is just a Hallmark movie. But except Barbie doesn't mean a, meet a rugged farm boy who tells her to, you know, Quit her day job, yeah. And and, uh, learn the love of Christmas and family or some shit. No, no. Instead, but they do open up and they see that this, like, inn is, like, filled with, like, this glowing Christmas tree. There are these tall-ass presents and, like, people running around preparing gifts and stuff. And it's just like, what? What the... And, like, already there's this, like, cheery music going on, and I'm just sitting here like, why, what, why? Like, again, middle of the night, like, I'm picturing, like, this has got to be at least, like, 11, like, p.m., or maybe, like, even past midnight. Like, it's late, people. But, nope, we've got these people with pointy ears running around and dancing, and we're treated to our second song, which is probably the most painful song, if I'm going to be honest. Wrap it up, stack it up. Yep. Yep. Which tells you what exactly to be expected. Yeah, like, it's it's at... I mean, this was the point of the movie where I realized, oh, oh, I'm not going to enjoy anything. Well, I'm not going to enjoy a lot of things about this movie. I feel like we should take a moment, though, to, like, to ask, like, was there any part of this movie that you at least somewhat enjoyed? I mean, I feel like the dynamics between the sisters are generally pretty good. Yeah, it's just I feel like these movies... The movie- conflicts they put them in just aren't that interesting. No. So. No. This definite... Yeah, I guess that's a positive quality, at least, like... I feel like, I don't know, there's, I feel like when uh, you have Barbie and her sisters, like, something that's helpful is that because you can assign, you have to think of some ways to actually give them, the sisters, distinctive qualities. So because of that, 
you get a lot more insight into the characterization. And I think the writing ends up being assisted by that. Like you get the leader, the person with attitude, the jokey one, and uh, the brainy one. Yeah, like, I mean, I do kind of like the sisters. Like, I feel like we spent a lot of time with them. Yeah. So, you know, and they're definitely very, like, memorable in their own way. It's just like... Yeah, and I will actually... The movie's just, just like, never really have a lot of ten- actual tension no, to them. No, not a lot happens, of stakes. Like, immediately... At least in the future movies, they try to incorporate stakes. Although I feel like the best of these Barbie and her sisters movies has probably been the ponytail one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God, I could have really used some very gay helper here. I know. Although it's been a while since we've gotten a coded gay character in these movies. Yeah. Uh, Well, actually, I don't know. So the... The owner of this inn is someone named Christy Claus. Or Cl- Christy Clausen. Yeah, sorry, Christy Clausen. That's her name. And and then you have these people running around and, and acting like elves and... And they got elf ears. So this movie just like just like puts us into this musical number yeah it's just all this like in the middle of the night these like christmas preparations are going on with this random lady and these elf people and it just smacks you in the face and it's just like oh oh we're suddenly doing this just very accepting of this yeah (laughs) no the sisters are loving it and no one is questioning this but afterwards afterwards uh they uh they're talking and they're gonna get their rooms settled but yeah christy claus chelsea thinks that this is one of santa's workshops uh christy says oh no we're just giving out these gifts for charity and we're wrapping them and getting them all prepared for tonight and then it turns out the elves are wearing like well they're not the elves they're the elephs as in the, they're just the elf, to be this family, this that, random like, family helps out Christy and yep wears elf ear Bluetooth headphones. Yep, like the dynamic here is weird and upsetting. <laughs> like I'm like I'm getting this the vibe of like the elves are kind of like the Mansons. They're not related by blood, but they still mm-hmm. call these each other a family and live in this remote location outside of the jurisdiction of most local police officers. Uh, oh my god. Like, this is some Christmas cult shit, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, and it's very unsettling when they get here because you don't see a lot of outside society. No. And the way it's set up, it's very much like, is it magic or is it regular? So it almost feels like Barbie and her sisters are in this, like, world where they're kind of catered to and the stuff that they want yeah and it feels like like they're being gaslit almost yeah it feels like this is like some kind of like indoctrination yeah or some kind of like afterlife scenario it can be christmas every day if you stay here (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i just but after this number they they go to bed and Barbie has this I wish upon a star song 
Yeah, because talking about how she wishes. They're pretty much having to come to terms. Well, she is at least that they are not going to be getting to New York. So, yep. Barbie gets her like yep. uh, her big song where she's like, "I wish I could make everything better." And it's kind of supposed to be like yeah. a solemn thing, but she's like ballet dancing around for some reason. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah. Yeah, I uh, Yeah. It, it's it's just there and I uh, and it's it's kind of made disturbing when like Christy just starts watching Barbie halfway through and it's just like, "Oh, all right, you're just going to watch this girl dance alone at night in the dark without her knowing you're there." Cool. Yeah. And after the song, Christy's like, oh, you should still wish anyway, so you can get your perfect Christmas. So Barb Yeah, it's kinda implied like they do some magic here. Yeah, I don't know. But Barbie begins to wish on the star, and then she turns around and then Christy's nowhere to be seen. And it's just like what? Why are you doing the Batman thing? Like, I imagine that, like, afterwards, she ended up, like, walking down the hallway to find, like, Christy, like, hiding behind a corner, and Barbie's like, what? Why'd you leave? This is your house, isn't it? You don't need to, like... What's the deal? It was weird. It's weird. Actually, honestly, at this point, this movie ends up becoming a lot of, like, and this happens sort of fluff where there's not really a whole lot to add because, like, the sisters meet some dogs. Like, the younger sister thinks that they're reindeer, but they're just, like... They're just regular dogs. Like, this this resort also, like, holds, like, dog... Dog training, which yeah. it makes me realize, like, what do they train these dogs for? To hunt? Are we going to deal with, like, a most dangerous game situation here, guys? <laughs> Maybe so. Oh, my God. Yeah. I feel like every time we just keep on trying to come up with a more interesting movie, but we got to accept that this is what we get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but they meet these dogs, and the trainers are like, yeah, sure, you could like, handle our... You can handle our dogs for, like... A while we're fine with that I guess and so Stacy is playing with the dogs and Chelsea's copying her and then she this causes Stacy to yell at her so Chelsea pouts off but because of that Chelsea ends up meeting this little husky dog named Rudy and Rudy's like this cute cartoony husky that's different from the other cartoony husky we saw in Barbie and the Pink Shoes. So that's a different continuity, probably. Yeah, and also the weird implications that we got this like cartoon dog, but also these like... very realistically modeled like were they basset hounds? Not basset hounds. They just looked like labs to me. But yeah, very but they generic. had more of like They're a bloodhound face. They're all the same kind of dog. I didn't see it, but... <laughs> but, yeah, this this husky is pulling a sleigh, and she ends up 
Chelsea sits down in the sleigh, but oh, there's a squirrel, so Rudy ends up chasing the squirrel, and the sister's gotta chase after her, and it's hijinks yeah, ensue. At this point, this movie is like 90% shenanigans. There's The shenanigan level is just through the roof. It is too much to handle, and... It's like, it was at this point, this movie's like, oh no, this movie is gonna be like 90% filler from here on. Yeah, and it, it just ends up being kind of, like, exhausting, because stuff happens, but it's not compelling enough to, like, put, like, your full mental faculties into it, but it's still, like, running in the background, and you're just like, well, you still gotta pay attention to it, but you're just... Yeah. Yeah. Like, so from then on in, because now we got to be like, oh, now they got to learn how to have their perfect Christmas, even though they didn't get what they wanted. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. So, I mean, the other, I mean, we can honestly brush through some of the highlights pretty quickly. First, they stumble on a barn that has a bunch of presents in it and... Chelsea thinks that, oh, it's... Yeah, this abandoned barn in the middle of nowhere where these deer are hanging out, which they call them reindeer, but they just look like like regular deer. They look like regular deer with, like, reindeer antlers fixed onto them. Yeah. It would have been cool if they just made them elk instead. Like, just had these giant, like, ten-foot-tall elk. God. That'd be neat, but no. We got these, like generic looking definitely reindeer outside of this barn and i don't know why they keep on pulling the oh maybe it is santa type of tease seems just it's like give me santa or give me nothing at all (laughs) oh man but then after that they stumble upon uh they briefly stumble upon a frozen pond where they kind of skate and then they're snowball fighting as sisters and they build snowmen. Okay. Yeah, this movie gets real compelling from yeah. here on in. But then, oh, they stumble upon a random garage. And I just, I want to know what the geography of the surrounding area is. Because it's just mostly fields with like random buildings just amongst them. I don't know. But in this abandoned gas yeah, this station... this movie is kind of unsettling. They just go up to these, like, weird buildings that are just, like, you know, coming out of nowhere. Like... Yeah. It it almost reminds me of... Did you ever watch that movie Coraline? Oh, yes. Coraline's great. Like, but... like, the, like this universe was, like, made for them. So, like, whatever they want just kind of <laughs> pops up. So it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like a trap. Everything you ever wish can be yours, Barbie. Anyway, just sew these buttons to your eyes. So, man, I wonder what Neil Gaiman would do with a Barbie movie. He'd probably make it needlessly Uh, edgy. Yeah, probably something very snarky and British, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess some credit I gotta give to this franchise is that they do, like, most of the writers are women, and I would be moan what it would be like if primarily male writers took over this series. Like, I don't know what that would look like, but it probably wouldn't be... They've 
Yeah. They'd probably insert some weird horniness into this to these film series at some point. Yeah. Not l- like that one storyboard artist who made his own self insert in the uh Powerpuff Girls <laughs> oh, reboot. God. I remember that. Oh boy. Oh. Oof. Oof. Time. Anyway. Is the Powerpuff Girls reboot still Yeah, like, it's going? still going. It's yeah. I guess like it, yeah. The outrage just kind of died off. So yeah, like, it's well. yeah. At least I think I'm not gonna check. Anyway, they stumble upon a band in this garage. They don't give a name to the band a or to any of these band, characters. If you agree, yeah, the band only exists there to like validate like Skipper because they're like fans of her yeah apparently like they're like oh your vlogs are like required viewing which i mean i guess in 2011 yeah that kind of tracks although like the like, most what is what is skipper even blog about probably just, like i mean she's probably just like hey hey fam uh i'm just gonna do a whole like whole videos were like a thing in 2011 a what video? Haul videos where, like, you would go to a store and be like, he- here's my Forever 21 haul. Look at all the stuff I bought. Oh. Uh, like, it- I thought you said haul videos like like a hallway. No, no, no. Okay. H-A-U-L. Not H-A-L-L. Okay, yeah. 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 <sighs> so, yeah. And as they... <sighs> But the band is wants her to be a singer, and they're gonna put on a special Christmas performance in the inn where the band and Skipper can perform together. Although, when people talk about, uh, given that the most popular video in 2011 was Rebecca Black's Friday, like I get the slight sensation that like Skipper partially has her followers for people to make fun of her. Just hate followers. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Oof. But uh, maybe that's why she doesn't have, like, a YouTube channel in future movies. Yeah. Oof. Oh, poor Rebecca Black. Hope you're doing okay out there right now. Your more recent music's actually pretty good, so... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. um, So... Skipper is insistent that she's got to do this whole show by herself, but already it goes haywire. Yeah, a lot of the sisters have, like, random conflicts with each other at this point that I found kind of hard to follow. Yeah. Well, Barbie doesn't have much of a conflict. Like... Yeah, maybe this could have... I feel like that was a bit missed opportunity. Like, maybe they could have been like, you know, you don't have to... Be the one who has to solve everyone's problems, Barbie. That would have been, yeah, like, that is something that they could have built up where, like, uh, like, Skipper could start overworking Barbie and, uh, Barbie has to realize, hey, Skipper, I, I'm not a perfect person. Like, that could serve as some nice meta commentary for the Barbie brand. Like, hey, Barbie. Hey kids, Barbie's not perfect and she can't do everything, so you shouldn't put that high standard upon yourself either. 
I don't know. Yeah, but then these movies are always kind of like, but Barbie is perfect and she can do everything. So. Yeah, I'm. I kind of wish that they would give that sort of conflict. Like you see that in so many of these movies, from the Fairytopia movies to even that like uh, Starlight Adventure movies. Like, like it's it's something just under the surface that is definitely something that could be explored within Barbie, but they just don't go there for some reason like i mean we we've so many times done a hey mattel let us write your movie but like something that i can definitely see a writer exploring is like barbie dealing with her imposter syndrome and i don't know that seems like a thing that you a good lesson you could teach a lot of kids now Yeah. yeah, but unfortunately, but, all we have is Barbie. Uh, Perfect Christmas. Yeah, in, instead of uh, the thing that causes this uh, conflict is not any like internal characterization or anything like that. No, no, no. A squirrel comes in and it causes everything to go haywire. The dogs start chasing the squirrel and it just knocks over the set. And no, oh, no, the girls are now arguing and everything is ruined. And that kind of plot point is always so annoying. Like, it's like, there's like, they just somehow manage to destroy everything. Through yeah, really like, the means. only thing that would make it more, like, overt is if something randomly caught fire. Yeah. Like. But then again, I've been watching enough Defunct Land to know that that seems how, like, every big project is destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't know. I just think... You know what's surprising? Tangentially related to Defunct Lane, but I'm surprised that Barbie hasn't done, like, a circus movie yet. I don't know. I guess at least the classical ideas of circus is, are kind of not really popular anymore. Well, I mean, like, something like Barbie trapeze artist related. Like, something yeah. less... I don't know. Barbie Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, but because of that, oh, no... Skipper's all dejected and everything's ruined and the performances in two hours and prom prom is tomorrow. tomorrow. (laughs) And oh, and also uh, Chelsea is run off because uh, Stacy was too mean to her, which to be fair, Stacy is. Yeah, Stacy is kind of a Stacy in this movie, I must say. Ha. But because of that, she ends up taking the, the taking uh, Rudy in the sleigh. And is Rudy a reference to some, that? Seems like oh my god, Rudolph. Yeah, I just put that together. God, god damn it! <laughs> Why are you so surprised? This is to be expected. I mean, I guess, but I don't know that. That I mean, I guess I should be thankful they didn't give this husky a red nose randomly like they could have easily made a a little gag where oh no rudy ate the jam and now he's got a real red nose oh anyway so barbie and the crew follow the sleigh tracks but oh no they can't find him because the the trail goes cold haha <laughs> and they still can't find her uh but wait they remember that weird barn full of Christmas gifts, so they end up going to find them, and lo and behold, 
Chelsea and Rudy are sleeping in a pile of hay, almost as if there were no stakes to this conflict whatsoever, and there was no, like, actual problem. Yeah. And because of that, they but all apologize. somehow this conflict that they found, because Chelsea the conflict is between the sisters is solved and they're all cool now yeah yeah like they apologize and i guess i mean that whole conflict where where uh chelsea conflict sorry that whole conflict where chelsea copies stacy is never a problem in the future movies so i guess that's character development question mark back to the end and whoa the pl- they the whole stage has been made for them and everything's already again almost as if there were no stakes to this conflict and because of that they begin the show and the girls are changed into their uh holiday tie-in outfits by now at Toys R Us and i need to take a moment to just comment upon by the way this is, you know, this movie was made in 2011 because Stacy and Barbie are wearing these big, totally not Uggs boots throughout a lot of the outdoor scenes. That's a throwback. <laughs> God, Uggs. That was a thing that was a thing. We allowed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so in the. So, like, the. The girls, like, I don't know. There's not much to say about, like, Stacy, Skipper, and Chelsea's outfit. I mean, they're kind of gaudy. Like, Stacy's wearing this weird peppermint outfit, and uh, and Skipper's got, like, this weird plaid thing, and Chelsea's got, like, like an ornament dress. But then Barbie's dress... So it's like a candy cane looking mermaid dress. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't like mermaid dresses and this one is a pretty egg. Mer- I feel like mermaid dresses depending on the designer like it can I feel like you made the comment that yeah, mermaid dresses look like they would be very uncomfortable to wear which yeah, yeah, but I I do contend that like there are some people who have like pulled off the sort of mermaid dress like i think of uh tiana's blue dress in princess and the frog is that a mermaid one yeah you know like when she's at the party i mean i guess it's not like a full-on mermaid dress because it's not white at the bottom i feel like mermaid dresses work best when it's like a single uniform color and it has like or if you're using like a unified pattern but instead they have like this the sort of transparent nylon at the bottom of the dress and a giant big old bow just like plopped onto the side and it's just like oh although i will say this does look like something that like your cousin from tennessee would wear during her cantillion like i could definitely picture her wearing this thing being like oh you know I think that we should help the pores, but... Are you speaking from experience, Yes, Henry? yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I have cousins. You know, Cousin Heather, you're not going to listen to this thing, but she's a Ted Cruz supporter, so... Oh, no. That tells you all you need to know about her. Oh, God. How did she feel about him uh, liking porn on Twitter? <laughs> you know, 
I, I'll need to bring that up the next time I interact with her, which <laughs> will probably be never. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, so anyway, we get, we get to the concert, and a pet peeve is that they're going to, all throughout the movie, they talk about, oh, Sk- Chelsea, sorry, Skipper, you're going to podcast this concert, even though they're like, cameras and it's like that's not what a podcast is but okay as people who podcast i was very offended by the bad representation of how podcasting works yeah sure and i think even more egregiously like while the they're playing their generic rock song what's the title of this rock song it's called it's literally called perfect christmas yeah, I'm not going to go into more detail about that. That kind of just think generic Christmas rock song. Yeah. Like it does sound like the sort of music that would play in the background of a Forever 21 during Black Friday and would make my life hell when and I worked I know there. Henry is speaking for experience from that one. So. Oh, yeah. 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 This gave me some more flashbacks, baby. But. But all during the concert, they talk about, oh, wow, look at the number of views. And like, apparently they're doing big numbers. And I'm just like, who's watching this live streamed concert on Christmas? Of this random band. Of I, guess, this random- I guess her social media influence is just that strong. That strong in 2011. Like, I mean, 2011 era YouTube, like... What were you watching back at that era? I know I was mostly on that channel. Awesome. Nostalgia critic binge. Yeah, I was probably watching like angry video game. Yeah, like I'm not I'm I'm saying that that as I'm not I'm not proud of it. But that's I don't know what I don't know. what. Or maybe or maybe 2011. I was more likely watching like uh, like chipmunkified versions of popular songs oh my god oh my god i wasn't the only one oh why did we do that that was i don't know that's such a weird i feel like every like person in our age group had that youtube phase i don't know why i don't know that's so oof oh Oh, oh, that's now we're talking about war flashbacks. That's <laughs> oh boy. So, so they do the concert. Oh, everyone loves it, and Aunt Millicent arrives. Yay! And she talks about how she used her privilege to manage to get a plane all the way out here from New York. So that's cool. But oh no. Chelsea hears something outside, and when she goes out, she sees a giant Christmas tree. And everyone It's just sings, like that classic animated movie, The Christmas Tree. <laughs> we got deep dive. Oh, oh, you reminded me of that one. I wish I knew a single line from that. I mean, aside from god smiting that woman who tried to cut down the christmas tree <laughs> truly listen, what a time listener you need to just look up 
the direct-to-video Christmas tree movie because it's oof. It's truly a movie that defined our generation. Sure, but everyone starts singing "Deck the Halls" around this 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 Christmas tree, and it's very Fahu Rore type of deal. Yeah. Oh, also, Aunt Millicent is here. Yeah, I, I already oh, wait, mentioned, mentioned that. that. Never. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, I I forget everything that happens in this movie like 10 seconds later. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Oh man. But they sing it and it's just <sighs> Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not good. Uh it it is I do realize that it's probably a good thing that we spent like 20, the first 20 minutes of our recording just like talking about like random Christmas stuff or this episode definitely wouldn't have passed the hour mark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. But that's the movie. I mean, it ends with Barbie and her sisters looking at the audience and saying, Merry Christmas the and staring as we fade to black. So- it's so unsettling because they just like stare and they're not even like really smiling. They just have these like blank expressions on their face. Yeah. And that's the note. The movie ends up. <laughs> they are dead. That's the only. They are dead in this movie. That's the only explanation for why it is this way. <laughs> well, like, I mean, Emma, the more I think about it, I don't remember entering this, like ever driving to this pink aisle. How did we get here? Well, if I remember correctly, we were in the car. Yeah. It was getting really snowy. And yeah. we said something like, wow, it's so snowy. Like, I don't know. I can't see the road anymore. Yeah. And I just remember thinking like, huh. But like, we got back to the road, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, sure we, did. we did. We did. And then, and then we... There was a lot of white light for a bit, and then we ended up in the, this pink aisle with all these toys, and yeah, with all these and Barbies. We've just been here ever since, hmm. watching Barbie movie after Barbie movie. Definitely analyzing them. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, on the subject of analyzing them, Emma, what rating do you give this movie? I give this movie. One and a half vacant stairs out of five. Yeah, I'm. I I, I give this movie. I mean, I already kind of gave my rating at the beginning. It's this is a a C grade hot cocoa out of ten. It's it it slaps you too hard in the face at the beginning with jarring imagery and kind of burns you, and then you kind of end up pensively sipping through the rest of it and it doesn't end up sustaining you that much but it's there have a holly jolly christmas is the best okay yeah what is what are what is your opinion on christmas music you know what i feel like working retail has somewhat soured it a little bit but in terms of like the traditional stuff like listening to it in like the background like in like the two weeks before it, I can vibe with that. Although most of the Christmas music that my family listens to is mostly instrumental stuff, which I think makes it a lot more palatable. That and my dad is very into James Taylor covers of Christmas music. It's a thing and it's fine. James Taylor's kind of cool. 
I guess. And a lot of uh, Vince Guaraldi. Uh, that's that's the guy who did the Charlie Brown piano music, right? You mean you don't appreciate the holiday classic known as Christmas Shoes? Where the guy goes to the store and, and there's the little kid who wants to buy the Christmas <laughs> shoes. And he's like... Sir, I want to buy these, these shoes, shoes for my mama. For my mama Listen, Emma, please. there was a period of time, full disclosure, there was a period of time in my life from like second grade to like fifth grade that my family did listen to Christian radio for some reason because we didn't know the the radio stations. It would be a couple of years before we discovered like, oh, this is the classic rock station. Okay, we're we're going to listen to this now. Good. Or alternatively, that other great Christmas classic that's all like, they don't have rivers in Africa. Da, 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 You, you don't know that one song? No. What, what are you, t- Emma, what are you talking about? <laughs> you haven't heard, there's like, it like gets played on the radio where it's all like, you enjoy Christmas, but people are starving in Africa. And then there's this part that goes like da 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 da. da. You've never heard even listen. I even when in our Christian a, radio days as a family, this was not a song we. It's have. a well-known song, I assure you. <laughs> I just can't remember. I'm gonna how have it to look this up now, right aren't I? Now. Oh boy. Yeah. Well. <laughs> That's 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 it for now, I guess. Until the next time you join us in this pink aisle void. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a good holiday. Whatever you celebrate, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, or if you celebrate Han- Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Saturnalia, whatever. We hope you're doing okay. And make sure if you ever see a poor boy at the store that's trying to buy some shoes for his mama... So she'll look beautiful when she meets Jesus that night. You might want to fork over the five dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you know well, for Christmas. You know for Christmas. But until then, uh, if you enjoy the stuff we done do on the internets, you can follow uh, the podcast at Pink Owl Pod on Twitter, or our uh, give us. A rating on your podcast platform of choice and uh, follow us on Spotify if you listen on there and we hope you guys are doing okay but Emma you do writing what's your Twitter handle uh, Emma Corey nine yeah yes. and you could follow her. Stuff in there. no but but, you know, but when you she does me, boy howdy it's good Okay. Cause you're g- <laughs> Emma. I'm I'm supporting you, even as we sit in this pink void. I'm gonna plug your stuff, cause you deserve it. By God. I mean, now that you mentioned, I haven't been able to get any like internet connection since we've been here. I've just been able to like, we've just been able to upload these episodes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've been uploading That's it. Kind of from- weird, isn't it? Well, this Barbie laptop that we've been using has been getting pretty good connection. So yeah, although it has some weird malware on it though, like it's yeah keeps on keeps on asking for hot single Barbies in your area. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the weird runes that sometimes appear, but those also are annoying. Yeah. Anyway, uh, as for my stuff, listener, if you enjoy the stuff that I done do on the internet, 
Uh, you can follow my Twitter at Kathman Henry and uh, follow my Tumblr, which has all my stuff compiled into one place, henrykathman.tumblr.com, or uh, also the YouTube channel. I've, I've been able to keep to a one video a month quota, so hopefully, yeah. And then uh, Patreon, Patreon. I do have a Patreon, and you can support me and get access to stuff early for $1 a month. Patreon.com slash Henry Kathman. It helps sustain this void somehow. I don't know. But, yeah. yep. But Emma, uh... Have you noticed that this place doesn't have, like, windows or doors? That's a bit weird, right? Yeah. Eh. No, it's not just me. Eh. Next anyway, time Anyway, get... let's not think about it. Yeah. Uh, but until the next time that we don't think about it, we hope you have a happy holidays and have a Merry Chrysler, everyone. Merry Christmas. Barbie bless ho, ho, ho. us, everyone. Happy